Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, Patrick. How's it going? Pretty good, Jeff. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you. Man. What is new with you today? Oh, not too much. Um, it's Monday. <clears throat> so over the weekend, uh, Kyla texted me saying that she had COVID. Has COVID. Oh, no. So, but she said mostly it's just been her ears feel clogged up, um, runny nose, no fever or anything. Okay. Well, but, that's um, good. Yeah. But other than that, she's just kind of tired. So I said, yeah, you know, rest up. The tiredness is probably going to linger. <clears throat> yeah. But um, she she felt better this morning, just still has the clogginess of the year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. But I'm glad it's mild, though. Yeah. I mean, because uh, that can really suck. Yeah. For sure. Ugh, goodness. Well, hopefully, uh, here's to a definitely a very speedy recovery. Right. Yes. So, get back and get back in the swing of things, and hopefully it won't linger. The lingering side effects, or whatever you call it, post effects. Yeah. Goodness. <sighs> not much happening through the week. Um. Yeah, uneventful week. So okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I guess same for us. We didn't have anything too wild and crazy going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, kids went to their classes and chill, fairly chill weekend. I've been, we've been at this place a year and a half, give or take. And I'm finally getting around to going through all those tubs and boxes from when we moved here and just going through stuff and just trying to get rid of so much stuff. It's just either trash or donate, yeah. but it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been productive. We'll say that definitely been productive and I'm just trying to, uh, you know, do my best <laughs> to get through that. Um, and kind of get it a little, Definitely get it looking a little more organized. Uh, but yeah, um, I started because, you know, I think I've we talked about. I had this thought like, hey, you know what? I don't have enough things going on in my life. I need to add one more thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Nashville Film Festival, to which I've volunteered at a couple of times, uh, had a post about people they were looking for people to read scripts for, you know, that have been submitted for the festival. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that sounds like fun. And you could choose what you could choose what genre you like and also feature short TV pilot, stuff like that. I'm like, okay, well, I'll put in for it. See what happens. See if I even get chosen, who knows? And it's not going to be till the end of September. The festival is not till the end of September 1st of October. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'll do it. Why not? And so I 
put in for it. And then Saturday I got, you know, they let me know and like, Hey, yep. Just follow these rules. Here's the criteria. Just, you know, and enjoy more or less. Right. So I started kind of browsing through one yesterday. I didn't get very far because just had a lot going on yesterday, but I, uh, so I'm enjoying it so far. So I, there's a folder of 10 scripts for me to go through. So uh, of features and shorts, I didn't do TV, but I didn't care what genre, as long as it wasn't a war film. Right. Because they're depressing. As I have said before, and after we're watching All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix, subtitled. Actually, it wasn't subtitled because you could do dub. You have a choice. You can do voice dub. Even still. It was depressing and yeah. it just emotionally just, you know, it just sucks, but beautiful film, you know, beautiful film. Sound was awesome. The score was great, beautifully shot, but uh, not one. I obviously was going to just run out and watch cause it's been out for months and I was in no rush to watch it then. Yeah. And kind of had to put myself in the right mindset to watch it this time. So, I'm definitely not rewatching it. It's just a one time. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's on it's on yeah. my to watch list as well. But you know, I don't think either of us are fans of war movies. <laughs> no. Just and the depression part of it. Yeah. It it just it, it's just so heavy. Yeah. You know, it's like nineteen seventeen I thoroughly enjoyed, not because it's a war movie, but because of Roger, you know. Roger Deakins being one of my favorite cinematographers and just watching him and just watching him do his magic. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's why I watch it. That's why I enjoy it. I, otherwise I, yeah, Yeah. I, and I love Christopher Nolan. Also one of my favorite modern day directors. I can, I think I've only watched Dunkirk once and that was in theaters. I own it, but yet I don't think I've watched it once since I've owned it. Yeah. I haven't watched it. So, it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things. But it's not for me. My dad would have liked this stuff because that's, I guess, was his thing. But mm-hmm. not for me. But if it's for you, more power to you. Just that stuff's just hard for me to get through. Yeah, because war sucks. That it does. Um, but yeah. So reading scripts, and then I am. You know, soldiering, to use the term, <laughs> I'm soldiering through all the uh, Academy nominated, you know, Academy nominated movies for most of the categories. I think I've yeah. watched four shorts and three or four features. So in the week. So, yeah, I'm trying to get through it as much as I can, you know, and then I will have brief summaries very uh, uh, brief summaries on our TikToks of those movies, so you can save them or not, or just say, okay, yeah, maybe I should watch. Maybe I might like this one. Maybe not. Doesn't matter. But I will talk about those there because I have two other fun, more fun movies to talk about. Yeah. Today. All right, let's get into it on our last episode of the month of January already. <laughs> already. Just, time's just flying. Two days that were in February, and with some, with at least four great movies coming out. Yes. Yeah. So, 
All right. So trailers. We have a new trailer, maybe the official, whatever you want to call it, trailer for Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I have not watched it. Don't need to. First one was good enough for me. Same. But if you choose, if you want more, you know, because you're just very excited about it, cool. Uh, there's a new one out. Shazam, Fury of the Gods will be out March 17th. And I had an interesting conversation with somebody at work the other day. They're like, yeah, I just, I want to be excited for it, but it's just the fact that I know it's not going to go anywhere after that because DC is resetting. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's like, I can't, I don't want to get too excited. It's like, I'm excited because it looks like it's going to be a fun movie. Right. I'm not even putting like what's in there, you know, what's, and uh, what they have planned next, I'm more concerned about what they've got now. Just sure. like I'll still be excited for the second Aquaman movie coming out this December, but you know, in fact, there's five DC movies coming out this year, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to be excited for every single one. And then when they do a reset, I mean, it's just like in the comics, you know, you get all the way up, and then you're like, hey, we're but at the end of this, we're re basically we're rebooting or um and just shifting in a different direction okay cool yeah. and then you start again but you don't stop reading and you don't get excited for it's not like you stop getting excited for what's coming next you just move on but you still get excited for what's you know what what you have in front of you that's just me i mean it happens a Let's, lot in the comics period yeah. like they reset yeah. all the time so all the time why wouldn't it happen for the movies right yeah. Might as well. It's just basically following the same formula of the comics, really. Yeah. So. Just look at it as, you know, if they, even if they have a different person playing Shazam in the future, it's just another universe. You still have what came before. It's just this yes. is a different take. <laughs> yeah. We get a new Batman about every decade. Right. And yeah. nobody's mad. Nobody is mad. I mean, they're mad. Fam, you know, fanboys get get mad at first but yeah. then they watch the movie and they're like okay yeah they're you're good <laughs> like, yeah just, just don't mess up the batman character then you're good yeah, you'll be all right yeah be fine you'll be all right uh next we have uh, a sequel we have murder mystery 2 coming out so coming out m- dropping on netflix march 31st Full-time detectives Nick and Audrey are struggling to get their private eye agency off the ground. They find themselves at the center of international abduction when their friend, when their friend, when their friend Maharaja is kidnapped at his own lavish wedding. So, Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, Mark Strong, Mel- Melanie Laurent, Tony Goldwyn, just to name, uh, just to name a few. So again, March 31st on Netflix. So I'm looking forward to it. I know you and I both liked the first one quite a bit. So, and uh, next coming uh, coming out just for you <laughs> is the Boogeyman <sighs> dropping the Boogeyman. Uh, dropping out June second. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it just says it's an adaptation of Stephen King's The Boogeyman. Da da da. Okay. So. Um, let's see, starring Chris Messina, Sophie Thatcher, Marin Ireland, and David Desch- Deschmalian. 
It's in all the DC stuff lately. But uh, then another horror movie coming out. We have Sound of Silence. After her father ends up in the hospital, Emma flies back from New York to her hometown in Italy and stays at her parents' home. All alone in the house, she faces an evil entity that is connected to a cursed radio. Emma will have to unveil the dark secret behind the radio to survive the night and protect the ones she loves. Coming out March 3rd. It's only an hour and 20 minutes long. That's a good... Good runtime. Looks like it's an oh, yeah. it's actually an Italian film, so yeah. And then lastly, a movie for the family. We have the movie. We have a ghost. Drop it on Netflix, February twenty fourth. Finding a ghost named Ernest haunting their new home turns Kevin's family into overnight social media sensations, but. When Kevin and Ernest investigate the mystery of Ernest's past, they become a target of the CIA. Starring Jennifer Coolidge, David Harbour as Ernest, Anthony Mackie, Jackson Kelly, Tignataro, Faith Ford, and yeah, and others. It looks cute. I'm 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 ready for it. It is PG-13 with a runtime of two hours and six minutes. So yeah, your your uh your eye <laughs> your eyes got bigger. Yes, I agree with that. Um, so we'll see, but it looks fun. Um, I'm excited for it. So that'll be out. Yeah. Shoot a month from shoot not even a month, three weeks from now. It's crazy. And that's it. That's all we have for trailers. Um, uh, I believe it is your week to go first. Okay. Um, for us, I saw yeah, go for it. there's going to be another. Apparently, there's going to be another Halloween movie called Season of the Boogeyman next year with Michael Myers get the, returning. Get the fuck out of here! I don't know if it's like a, like an official thing, a fan thing, or whatever. I hope it's a so, fan thing. Just yeah, they just need to stop. Yeah, I don't know. I just, just saw that. <laughs> it's like no, wait, they ended it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, dudes in the grinder, like grind it up. Right. Unless it's like spoiler Jason, alert, but <laughs> it's like Jason goes to hell months. where family member eats his blood or drinks his blood and he's back. <laughs> oh my god. All right. It, and that could be. And it could be. That's a sad thing. Yeah. Or some kind of resurrection thing. Mm. Uh anywho. <laughs> I watched I watched you people on Netflix. What do you mean? You people. What do you, you know mean, what I mean by that? No, I don't. Please expound. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? That's why I oh, want to movie, you, put it in quotes. Oh, podcast. Oh, podcasters. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, ironically enough, the main character is a podcaster. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I deserve that one. I deserve that. <laughs> Walk right into that. Yeah. Anywho, this uh, released this past Friday on the 27th, has a runtime of an hour and 57 minutes, directed by Kenya Barris, who um, mostly direct TV series. Uh, I think this is his first feature. 
but he's directed um let's see episodes of I think I had it up. Well, he mostly did TV work and he did some writing okay. on a couple of features. But I think this is his first directing of a feature. So stars Jonah Hill as Ezra, Lauren London as Amira, uh, Neil Long as uh, Fatima, Eddie Murphy as Akbar, you have David Duchovny as Arnold, and Julia Louis Dreyfus as Shelley. Uh, this movie follows a new couple and their families who find themselves examining modern love and family dynamics amidst clashing cultures, social, uh, societal expectations, and generational differences. <clears throat> so they basically start the movie off with Ezra and his podcast partner and friend Mo uh, recording an episode, and they mostly like touch upon African American issues. You have Mo, who's African American, and you have Ezra, who's white and Jewish. <laughs> but um, he's very much, you know, growing up, he was, you know, I guess influenced by by culture. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's just his, you know, he's not faking. It's just that's just what what he's into. And um, so he works for a finance company that he doesn't really like. I mean, who really likes who who likes their normal jobs on a day to day basis? Um, and he randomly meets Amira because he confuses her as his Uber driver because it just so happens that her car matches the car that the Uber driver has. Mm-hmm. And per the profile picture, she looks just like the, the Uber driver. So who knows? You know, basically met by chance. Right. And so, you know, he, he thinks that she's attractive and he's had trouble with meeting people that he kind of connects with. So he takes a shot and asks her out and they start going out and they date consistently for about six months and they've, you know, grown to like each other very much. And now they've fallen for each other. They're in love and Ezra wants to propose. So now comes the task of meeting the family. So first he introduces her to his parents, Arnold and Shelley. And Shelley is very, uh, I guess, enamored with Amira because, you know, she, she's trying a little too hard to be hip and with it. She even does quotes, quoting different things, you know, just a lot of awkward, yeah. embarrassing things. Yeah. And Ezra's just like, please stop, <laughs> you know, even so much to where, uh, and then the dad, which, you know, David Company's not in it a lot, but when he's in it, it's funny. Yeah. He, he goes as far as to sing in Ordinary People by John John, John Legend Mayer. or John Legend, yeah, John Legend, John and he Mayer, playing the Jesus. piano and playing yeah. the piano. It's just like, I mean, it's funny. Yes, yeah. Just, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, but unlike with his parents, they don't meet her parents this, at the same time. He takes it upon himself to meet his parents, meet her parents on his own. Has them meet him at a Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, <laughs> which they kind of find weird. Like, okay, so why, why, why meet us here? Why, why are we doing this here? Um, uh, Amira's dad, Akbar, is not really fond of Ezra. You know, he thinks that he wants to find out what he's really about. You know, this mm-hmm. person is it a front? Is he just BSing or whatever? You know, he's worried about. He wants his daughter to date a Muslim because they're Muslim. So Ezra's gotcha. family's Jewish, her family's Muslim, and so his big thing gotcha. is, yeah. So, um, so they start hanging out, uh, Ezra and Akbar, and he puts. Uh, Akbar puts Ezra in some really kind of 
rough situations there in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know, some areas they go to are, I'll just say blue country, but Akbar convinces Ezra to wear a red hoodie and they go to a barbershop, you know, so you can kind of imagine how that, how uncomfortable that can be. Um, since Ezra claims to play basketball at different parks, takes her to the basketball park and, you know, just to kind of embarrass him, but things don't go exactly as Akbar wants and just basically takes him through the grinder, you know, just like, I don't yeah. like you, so I'm going to make it as hard for you as possible. And then, um, yeah. And so I think it's a cute movie. I don't want to, I, I think maybe it could have been written better because you got a great cast, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know. Some of the jokes didn't quite land, even though Eddie Murphy's yeah. funny. Dave Duchovny scenes are funny. I like the chemistry between Eddie Murphy and Neil Long, especially when they're doing their, I guess their double teaming on Ezra. And then, gotcha. uh, and even on paper, Jonah Hill, Lauren London, you think, how could that work? But they have good chemistry with each other going back and forth. So you kind of believe their relationship. You know, they meet by chance. He shoots his shot. Swish. They date. And, you know, but um, it's just basically about the different culture clashing and trying to make it work like it works for them. But family may be the issue. Right. But um, I think overall, it's, it's a cute movie. It's funny at moments it's it's cool it's it's okay it's a decent movie it's, some of its parts do not <laughs> do not yeah. uh equal a whole funny movie but yeah but, it, but it's scenes. enough i think it'll keep you entertained yeah. okay <clears throat> well as long as it kept you people entertained that's all the matter <laughs> <laughs> you know podcasters uh, <laughs> Oh, and another thing, he's in finance. Quiz's job to do the podcasting thing. And oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's yeah. Another issue that Akbar has with him is like, so you, you're in finance and you want to, you know, so. Uh, it's got some realistic ideas in it. <laughs> so, obviously. Related, yeah. <laughs> I've, I too quit my job in finance to do this podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <clears throat> well, I wa- I too watched a very believable movie. I watched uh, Shotgun Wedding on Amazon Prime. The rom-com, we'll say rom-com action movie. Uh, that is uh, rated R, which I thought would be PG-13, but rated R. Hmm. Uh, one hour, 40 minutes long. So, good sweet time for that. Yeah. Uh, so it's about Darcy and Tom that who gather their families for the ultimate destination wedding. But when the entire wedding party is taken hostage, the bride and groom must save their loved ones if they don't kill each other first. Which that in part, they could have just, they yeah. should have just stopped with that. Just boop, put yeah. the button. Uh, however, uh, so it was written by Mark Hammer, directed by Jason Moore. Starring Jennifer Lopez as Darcy, Josh Duhamel as Tom, which uh, he was not the first or second choice. He's technically their third choice. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so he was actually, the role went to Ryan Reynolds, you know, because yeah. it's very Ryan Reynolds kind of role. And yeah. uh, then uh, I forgot he had to drop out for something. I think probably 
scheduling conflict or something. And then they cast Army Hammer, and well, we all know what happened to Army Hammer and his social, you know, all his things that, you know, with wanting to eat women and stuff. Yeah. So they dropped him and Josh Dumel stepped in and I think they did a great job. I, I love Josh Dumel. He was in that rom-com I talked about, I think, two years ago uh, with Leslie Bibb. That was really good. And I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but I did really enjoy it. <clears throat> I think he is a good actor in whether it's a rom-com or even the Transformers movies. He's one of the few characters I can actually stand to watch. Yeah. And really about the only one I really care about. And he has very little to do with truth with the actual story. But yeah. Anyways, big shocker. He pops in and does his thing and, and then, Yep. Just like Tyrus. <laughs> yep. Um also stars Lenny Kravitz, who's actually fairly funny in this movie. Yeah. Uh Jennifer Coolidge, Sonia Braga, Cheech Marin, Steve Coulter, and uh and others. So <clears throat> the movie starts off with they're basically they're supposed to be in the Philippines. This was actually filmed in in the Dominican Republic. Um, but they're supposed to be at the Philippines for this like big destination wedding. It's like the, I guess it starts with like the reception dinner, mm-hmm. and you know everybody's talking to Darcy and wondering where Tom is, and Tom's trying to do these finishing touches. Cause, on the boat because he saw something on Etsy that he thought was really cool. So he's trying to make it the perfect wedding. Yep. Um, and like, he's not stressing out, but he's trying to just get everything finished. And meanwhile, Darcy's like just chill wanting to actually just have fun with the reception and everything. Um, they're worried about pirates, you know, um, coming to this island and basically trying to rob people and then leave. So when Josh is trying, or when Tom is trying to put the finishing touches on the boat, um, the guard that's there thought he might've been a pirate. And then he almost shoots Tom and then Tom falls on the water. And then, yeah. And so of course he then has to hurry to get to the reception because he realizes he's really running late has to get different clothes, and so of course he shows up still soaking wet. But um, then it turns out, so Cheech's Cheech's character, who basically he play Cheech plays uh, Robert, who is Darcy's father, and I guess he has a lot of money, has a successful business or whatever. Yeah. And Tom is a uh, kind of an older baseball player that didn't get re-signed. So he's like going to the miners and stuff. Well, Robert invites Darcy's ex to the part to the reception. Yeah. And then Darcy's all like, and so of course he shows up in like a helicopter that lands and Winnie Kravitz is Sean, who is the ex. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, he's very successful. He's very handsome. He's like, you know, Tom's like, why is he, why is his shirt not buttoned up? Like what's going on here? It's like he's got like four buttons unbuttoned. Why? Why only but Why doesn't he button up his shirt? So you know they have their little exchange, and Darcy's like, "Sorry, he didn't even already." It's like, 
you know, my dad invited him. I didn't think he'd actually come because he did an RSVP. You know, this right. is like a big kind of running joke. They didn't RSVP to the to the wedding. So they end up. Uh, so, yeah, so he kind of more or less crashes the party and everything. But Tom's not feeling too uh, threatened, I guess. But a little jealous, but maybe not threatened. Yeah. And, you know, and then kind of shows that the night, you know, later on the night, um, you know, Darcy's wanting to have some romantic time. And Tom's like trying to finish putting these lights on these pineapples for the centerpieces. He's like, that's great. Just give me a few more minutes. I'm almost done with these set pieces, you know, with these centerpieces. It's just funny because the dynamic is so switched to what it's like from most weddings, I think. Right. But the bride's the one that's freaking out, trying to get everything done. And the groom's like, I don't even, whatever. Let's do this or not doing it. Let's just, yeah. So it is a uh, interesting take on it. And it's very funny. Um, so, yeah, day of the wedding these pirates or what or you're meant to believe are pirates show up at the wedding, trying to hold everybody hostage. Cause you know, they're trying to get Robert's money mm-hmm. and, uh, both Tom and Darcy are able to escape and they're trying to plan. They have to make plans on how to basically rescue their wedding party. You know, all the people there. Yeah. And you know, there's some great jokes, some good action. You know, overall, I thought it was a fun movie. I mean, Jennifer Coolidge is doing her her thing, and it's yeah. always that's never a bad thing. No. And it is funny because she's supposed to be playing Josh Duhamel's mother, and apparently they're only like eleven years apart in real life. So it's kind of funny. Um, she had him young. <laughs> yep. Let's see here. Uh, let me look real quick. So. Josh Dumel was born on November 1472. Jennifer Lopez was born July 24, 69. Yeah, it's only about three years apart, so that's not too bad. And then, yeah, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, August 28, 1961. So, yeah, that's kind of funny. And then, hold on. Cheech, July 13, 1946. He's three years older than my mom. It's like 76 in this. But yeah. going to be 54 this year. She looks Isn't that great. <laughs> For 54? Yes. And I was yes. I was like, I went back and I watched The Cell, which was what? That is such a weird movie. But <laughs> it is. I mean, it, it's weird, but it's beautiful to watch. Yeah. Like the, everything from, like, I, it's not one I would want to rewatch, but I kept hearing people hype about it when, you know, just how just amazing the cinematography the production design the mm-hmm. costumes were yeah. i was like okay i'll, I'll i got to watch this weird weird movie with jlo and Vincent D'Onofrio. yeah it's very yeah weird. it's oh <clears throat> yeah it's I, i'd watched it when it first came out but i was like let me go back and watch something old from jlo when i'm like i mean looks the same <laughs> yeah like all right guess having money just comes in handy Yep. Got the good workout plan. Maybe some good doctors. I don't know. But yeah, who knows? either way, either way, for 54. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And I forgot who I was talking about. Somebody that was in their mid mid to late 50s. I said, they just they look amazing for their age. And it's just you could tell like they're just there's no work. It's just good genetics or whatever. Yeah. That's going to bug me who I was 
talking about. But yeah, just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I definitely recommend. There is a lot of profanity, which is kind of the main reason why I think it's rated R. And then the end scene that because there is, even though it's comedic, slightly comedic and in, in a disturbing way, kind of the end uh, of the action scene is uh yeah there's a lot of blood but in a comedic kind of way that makes sense to anybody um yeah kind of like hitting the speed bump in in pulp fiction whoops (laughs) yeah that that kind of humorous but uh anyways definitely i i would recommend this for sure um, I would rewatch. I, I'm going to end up rewatching it because um, Ruth wants to watch it, so be rewatching it with her. But I wanted to, I had to go ahead and watch it so we could talk about it today. But that's the beauty about this movie; it's on streaming, so you can rewatch it as many times you want. Yep. So it just turned out, thank goodness, it was entertaining and a fun watch. You know, especially with considering all these other movies I'm watching for the Academy Awards that are a little bit are uh, heavier topics and. You know, fantastic movies, but you know, this is a good palate cleanser. There you go. That's the word. Yeah. Just something fun to watch. So. Shotgun <clears throat> wedding on Amazon Prime. Yep. Speaking of palate cleansers, probably need one after this one. <laughs> I was about to say, speaking of funny. Yeah. <laughs> this one's got all the jokes. So I went back down the um, Brandon Cronenberg rabbit hole. <laughs> you sir my hat my my fictitious hat is off to you for doing this yeah after crimes of the future you know maybe think i'd say you know no i don't think i want to think i'm do good that anymore. yeah but I'm nope good. <clears throat> i went ahead and went back down it huh? uh infinity work. pool also came out this past friday also has a runtime of an hour 57 minutes and this movie is directed and written by David Cronenberg. I mean, Brandon Cronenberg. Yep. Um, starring Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth. Her. It's like her eyebrows still bother me. The fact that she doesn't have them, yes. they bother me. It, but, is, it is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. She also has like a kind of a tiny face. So it was like, yeah. even if you did put some on there, it's just, it, would it wouldn't. Weird. Yeah. That would look weird. That would look worse or weirder. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but worse. also... <laughs> Um, also starring Cleopatra Coleman and Jaleel Lesbert. So this is about or follows James and M. Foster as they enjoy an all-inclusive beach vacation in the fictional island of La Tolca. When a fatal accident exposes the resort's perverse subculture and hedonistic tourism, reckless violence and surreal horrors. So uh, as stated, James and Emma on his vacation. Uh, James is a struggling author who has only written one book and it's been six years since his last. So they're taking this trip to hopefully find him some inspiration. And it doesn't seem like they're having too much fun because you see they're maybe having some despair between their relationship. Yeah. Um, so, you know, M has suggestions to take this boat tour of the island and then try out a Chinese restaurant later that evening. And James isn't too receptive to that idea. So they're having breakfast. So I was like, well, since you don't want to go, I'll take the boat tour and I'll meet you at the beach later. 
So <clears throat> James is by himself, runs into a couple, uh, Gabby Bauer and Al- Albin Bauer, played by Mia Goth and Jaleel Lespert. And they get to talking. Gabby lets them know, like, I loved your last book. You know, it's been six years, but I loved it. You know, it's not like, hey, you look familiar. You look like this author. No, just straight up. I love your book. Which, <laughs> to me, is a red flag. Like, you don't yeah. know me. I don't know you. And you just come flat out and say. But anywho, you know, he's happy that someone's read his book. Because <laughs> he's like, not too many people right. read So, um, Gabby and Albin invite him out to dinner for the, with them later that evening. And so they get to talking <clears throat> about what they do and whatnot. So that night dinner leads to the next day of them getting a vehicle rented for them, for them to take outside of the resort, which is not a practice that's really allowed because, you know, where they are is pretty dangerous. It's a lot of um, violent things that happen, but they do so anyway. They go to this beach and just kind of hang out, drink, enjoy each other's company. To the point that when they're getting to leave, uh, Albin is pretty drunk, doesn't feel like driving, so James says he'll do it. And as they're driving, they're on this dark road with no street lights, and the headlights on the vehicle they're driving start flickering in and out. And that leads to him hitting this random person that's walking on the street and um, killing him instantly. So James wants to call the authorities so they can come and clean up the situation, but Gabby insists, oh, um, yeah, Gabby insists that they just go ahead and leave and she and her husband will come back later and have it cleaned up. So um, <clears throat> they go home and they're, of course, they can't drive in with the vehicle because the windshield was messed up. They talk to the guards and convince them to let them in, even though, you know, they say like, oh, we were walking around and got lost and somehow ended on the outside. Everybody shows them their hotel key cards, and that convinces the guards to let them in, whatever. The next morning, the authorities arrive at James's room, and they pretty much take him into custody, tell him he's under arrest. And, you know, uh, one of the detectives talks to him and says, well, we're aware of what happened. Um, you know, you hit this person, he died, and the family found him the next morning and reported it. So such a crime is um, punishable by death. But then he also states, but if you have the money, we can make a copy of you and have that copy be the one that's executed instead. <laughs> so I'm like, so you basically clone someone and kill the clone. So y'all have that capability. All right, cool. Now, mind you, James is a struggling author. He doesn't mm-hmm. have money, but his wife, her dad is rich. So basically her money paid for the vacation and all this. So he agrees to pay the money to have the clone created to go through the execution. And so they're like, well, we can leave. Like, no, you have to sit in on it. So while your clone is being killed, you must be in attendance. That's part of the whole thing. And so what they did is, I mean, they, they showed them the clone, perfect copy, but they take the clone to a room where they sit kind of like they do with executions in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, they have the son of the person that he killed come in and kill the clone by way of stabbing. Like, just over and over. And they show it. <laughs> I mean, it's just blood gushing everywhere. Now, <clears throat> um, James and M are, in, are present. M is not liking it at all. She thinks it's real crazy, sick, sadistic. 
But James yeah. is sitting there watching it. Then you see a kind of a sinister smile kind of form on his face. He was like, oh, he's kind of liking that. So they get back to their hotel. M's like, we got to leave. This is crazy. We need to, lo- we need to leave. So basically, basically just telling you, you got lucky that you're not mm-hmm. dead. We got to go. <laughs> right. But James like, I don't have my passport. I can't leave without my passport. So he's like, if you want to leave, I'll catch up with you later. <laughs> and um, so going out on his own, he reconnects with the couple and then is introduced to other people who have a shared experience where they, too, have committed crimes and paid to have a clone created to be executed. And things just get weird from there. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> wait, wait. Wait, wait. Things get, get weirder. Weird for, get weird. Oh, I bet say. I bet say. Wait, wait. Hold on. <laughs> weirdness gets weird extended. from there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just escalates. <laughs> it just one weird moment to a more extreme. It gets extreme. I, I'll just say that. Uh, the visuals. I mean, it's shot well. It's got some real psychedelic visuals toward the middle, where if you're someone who likes spinning an influence, might. I'm about to say, have, who's, who, I'm about to say, someone who has an, an enhanced viewing. <laughs> yes, yes. <sighs> you may enjoy those portions, but it is. I'm just happy they went with the R rated and didn't push to have the NC-17 version yeah. released because I know that exists. Because <laughs> um, I think that was presented at a festival that uh-huh. is a little more forthcoming with their visuals on certain things and. Um, but it's it's weird. I mean, it was it was a more interesting time with this than Crimes of the Future. Like I wasn't bored. Yeah. But it's just a lot of what is going on. Ideal. deal. <laughs> um, and and then by the end, it's just uh, I don't know. If you decide to watch it. <laughs> nope. I'm nope. good. Okay. Nope. Nope. Um, no. So then maybe I'll tell you more after we finish recording. Okay, you could do that. But, um, but um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's odd. It's trippy. Um, people are crazy. <laughs> it's all like that story. Yeah, yeah. But um, it was an event. And then and then watching no, this plus that. another movie I watched this week, I'm like, yeah, it's definitely January. <laughs> a movie like this, I don't think would come out. <clears throat> Maybe like late mm-hmm. in the year it would, but yeah. like October, to Septem- January, Septem- yeah, September, yeah. October, yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe if he releases another movie, I'll probably watch it again. <laughs> Watches it now, Jesus, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you're doing it because it won't be me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <clears throat> well, <laughs> for my next one. Here's the power cleanser for you to watch after you see this, after you see Patrick's movie. So we, we've talked about York and I've watched my old video VHS video and of uh, me and my friends from 1999 making our little movie thing that we did called Mm -hmm. Pets. And so I, you know, and York's really, into wanting to get this a sequel made so i started coming up with ideas i started a google docs thing that i shared with them so we both can put ideas in i've even wrangled in some professional um help from uh well professional as far as 
uh, one of the instructors that York does is martial arts with also does stunt work. Or at least okay. she she's really wanted to. She actually has a stunt team and has posted a video of her doing her stunt work. So she's already agreed to help choreograph the fight scenes and stuff. So now we just have to build the story around everything. And I've got some character ideas that I've ran by Yorick and everything. So he's very excited about this. <clears throat> On the same token there, we came, I came across this documentary because, you know, I like documentaries <laughs> on uh, on Netflix called The Pez Outlaw. It is TVPG, one hour, 25 minutes long. Uh, came out last year, but not, it had to have been like November, December. It didn't say when, but yeah, it, uh, but yeah, it was very well. Um, so I was like, I watched the trailer for it. I was like, you know what? I think I'd probably like this. Yeah. So the documentary is about this gentleman named Steve Glue, G-L-E-W, who spent the 1990s smuggling rare Pez dispensers into the USA from Eastern Europe, making millions of dollars. It was all magical until his arch nemesis, the legit this guy, refers to himself as the president because he's <laughs> the president of the USA Pez distribution or whatever you want to call it. Um, So uh, the peasant decided to destroy him. Basically, you know, basically he wanted to take him down. So, so he, Steve's one of those people. He's a collector. He likes to collect things. He's collect cereal. He's got, it showed he's, it looks like he has like a bunker in his basement with shelves and everything lined up of various different cereal boxes. Just, a lot of it is just because he liked the animation or the design on the box of the okay. cereal. So he started collecting all that. And he, I guess, would buy so much cereal. he would, And he would eat it, too. But he would, uh, back when, remember when you used to be able to m- take the box tops and mail them in? And yeah. then they send you back like a collecting collectible toy or whatever or something. Well, apparently he... He was used, he was like sending those in so much. He's the reason why you can only do why on anything like that it says one per household. Wow, because so he was sending one person so changed all that. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, that's all it takes is one person. We're yeah. talking about, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> you and I know better than anybody, all it takes is yeah. one person to change a policy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so just his um, picture would be in the dictionary for that. <laughs> Yep, pretty much. So uh, then he started, he went to these like conventions selling these collectible toys that are rare because, you know, you, got, you have to send it so much in. So people would buy that until he saw these, saw that at this other booth, somebody buying these pest dispensers and like paying decent money for it. He's like, I want to get in on that. So him, along with his son, um, by the time he got a little bit older, his son started. They decided they were going to go to the factory, the Pez factory, in uh, oh, I forgot what country. Shame on me. Basically, East, anyways, Eastern Europe. So they, 
it'll hit me here in a little bit. But they ended up getting like they'd never neither one of both of them had to get passports. They both, you know, took stuff over. They'd never really traveled. Now, mind you, this is the nineties, so this is pre we don't want to say pre internet, but basically the internet internet was still in its very, very infancy. So they had a all they had was like the address that's like on the apparently that was posted on the side of the Pez dispenser and on the box. So they had to go through that to try and figure out where to get to and not speaking the language or anything. They were having to find everything out. And this was during some, some war over in Eastern Europe in the early nineties. So they had to go through all that and they ended up finally, uh, getting to the town where it's at and they get there and they're like, okay, how do we get inside? There's guards everywhere. Like, how are we going to get inside? So they, uh, they ended up meeting this guy that I guess is a big to do at that plant. And they gave him this card or he gave him this card. Basically it was like almost like an all access. So they gave him a tour, uh, so they gave him a tour, showed him all these different Pez dispensers that are not available in that are not available in uh, in the U.S. because because the because Europe has a diff has different uh, licensing than the U.S. USA has its own licensing, so the USA people can decide which designs and which Pez dispensers they will approve to be sold in the u.s and there's some that they were just like no these look ridiculous we're not allowing that austria it was in tron austria t-r-a-u-n is where the headquarters for pez is in um they so they ended up showing them all these different ones plus they you know i guess really just like the fact that americans were wanting to come and tour the factory so they gave they ended up giving them a couple of very, very rare ones to keep as like a token mm-hmm. of their trip. And then Steve offered to buy. He's like, how many can I buy to take back? And so they worked out some deal and he came back uh, with like these suitcases. And so it's funny when they get back into the U S they, <laughs> when they get back to the U S it turns out Pez USA did not, I guess, like customs, there are certain ones that uh, control basically something like this happening. Yeah. Bringing, uh, I guess you could say contraband um, that's not licensed. Well, Pez, the great lawyers at Pez USA did not list any of their copyrights or any of their trademarks as things that couldn't be brought back in. Ah. So it was one of those, well, if they're too stupid to, you know, to do this, we're not going to stop you. So they allowed him back in. So they allowed all this stuff through. And so it turns out that he starts going to these Pez conventions where they're paying like hundreds of dollars for these little plastic dispensers. Yeah. And it is just crazy. And then I guess there's this one, it's like, a, I forgot it was the bubble boy or something like that. And, basically this one face with the cheeks are really puffed out and the rest of the head is like fairly slim mm-hmm. and like it's the ugliest looking thing. 
Well, it was such a rare thing. I think they sold it for thirteen, fifteen hundred dollars, something crazy like that. Again, with a like three, four inch Pez dispenser. But yeah. because of the rarity of it, you know, and that you can't find it in the US, it is like they made twenty period, you know, twenty. And so the president, you know, I hate saying that. <laughs> the president of the USA Pez found out that Steve was selling, you know, because he would end up making several trips back over yeah. to the back over to Austria and just come back with tons more to sell at these conventions. And the president of Pez USA like hated it so much because it is in competition of what they're trying to sell. Right. And he's make basically he didn't like that this one dude's making so much money off of these rare Pez dispensers that you can't get in the US. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it's so there's a lot so as much as it is a documentary, there is a lot of uh there is a lot of uh what's the word? Drawing to blank today. Dramatizations. There we go. A lot of dramatizations to help move the story and with like to make it sound more like a spy thing or yeah. like he's trying to do all these covert anyways. It's very well done. Um, kind of like a the not the great hack, but the other one about social media where it incorporated dramatizations into the documentary to help move the story. I think this one does a better job of it than the other one did. All the, the other one is also very well done. I thoroughly enjoy this. This is just a fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also kind of sad at parts, but it is and sweet. Um, but you, you can't help but find yourself rooting for this guy trying to, you know, trying to take down the man, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very well done. I had a blast watching it and it at an hour and 25 minutes, you know, it's a quick watch too. So I definitely recommend it, especially if you need something that's a pal- a palate cleanser or just something fun to watch. And this is, this is something even that you could watch with the family too. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, you know, that's very kind of light on the, uh, it's very light on the cursing. There is no violence or anything like that. It's just, just fun. It's just a fun watch. So I would definitely, uh, definitely recommend this. So, and if you, you know, if you grew up, you know, buying pest dispensers or still do, or if you're just a collector of something, you'll appreciate this movie. So it's, it's a fun time for sure. And that's all I got. Um, TV. I started watching Velma. I have not watched episode five, but one through four, I've really enjoyed. It is not going to be for everybody. It is definitely not for kids. No, no, sir. no, I don't know. Older teens and older. It's animation. Yep. It's animation. Right. It's animation. It's done well. It's, different because they changed you know the the uh ethnicities of shaggy and velma doesn't hurt it at all i think it just adds a different kind of flavor to the characters finally something new to the characters yeah that are just same old same old we got been doing that for like 40 years 50 years let's try something different yeah that's basically what it is just a new take on these older characters and 
it's not going to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think each week they release like two episodes. So five and six are out. I watched it. I mean, it's the same. It's, it's, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think people just like complaining about things nowadays. Yep. And if you're enjoying, if you're enjoying the Harley Quinn show on HBO Max, then you're gonna what? Then you'll enjoy this one just as good. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, so yesterday we started watching a show on Netflix um, that apparently has three seasons, but I'm just late to the game. Called The Magic for Humans. Mm-hmm. It is perfect for the family. So kids, adults, everybody will love this. <clears throat> and. Uh, this guy, just this magician, Justin Willman, is very well. Yeah, I mean, he's great at what he does. There's only out of all of these that I've watched. I think we watched like eight episodes yesterday. Out of all of those, I think there's only one thing I was able to figure out how he was doing it, and mm-hmm. that was it. It's a trick with donuts, and that's the only one I was able to figure out. Everything else, nope, not a clue. My favorite, one of my favorite ones, and I sent it to York, so because uh, he was at his mom's, and I was hoping they watched it, but I don't know. It was a thing with ghost peppers. Because it was about the ep- and every episode has like a theme, yeah. Um, and this theme was fear and trying to get over your fears. And he had, a, you know, he had a pepper when he was a kid, and it really hurt him. So this time he, you know, he really like he wanted to get over it. So he was going to have a he was at a skate park, and he was going to eat a ghost pepper hole. Mm-hmm. And he had a glass of milk, uh, put in like this clear lockbox. And then he had one skateboarder pick out uh, combinations or pick out a combination lock and then uh, had him basically lock up the milk. Yeah. So he was going to do a car trick while he in the ghost, you know, after he'd eaten the ghost pepper. So he had, you know, three different people pick cards and then put them back in the thing. And then he's flipping through, trying to find their cards, finds them. And then like, it turns out the, the cards that they picked turned out to be the combination of the lock. Hmm. All right. Pretty. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, and just various different things that you haven't seen before that I think is really well done. Uh, a thing he does with like a field sobriety test is really funny. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a great show. I, I loved it. It's great. Uh, and three seasons apparently. So go back and watch the older ones. Cause I think we were watching the new ones, but yeah, very well done. Highly recommend. Just fun. Just fun. Another a, another palate cleanser for these weird-ass movies you're trying to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's pretty much all I've watched. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, too, watched Velma. But then um, <clears throat> I watched the first two episodes of The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the third. But that first episode made me go back and watch the intro to the game because the mm-hmm. first 30 minutes of the show was pretty much recreating that intro and it is i don't know if you i don't know if you've watched that the video game yeah, yeah. i i've seen the clips that i think igm puts up on instagram where they do side by or the yeah. top part is uh is the show the bottom part's the game or vice versa but yeah, yeah. it's just yeah and they did it for the second episode too so yeah. i'm sure they'll be doing it with the third one yeah because i mean it's pretty much live version of what the video game's already done. Yeah. So so they've got source material. They cannot mess it up. Because <laughs> the you game, think, itself, right? you the game think, itself right? is basically cinema. <laughs> you know, right. all the cutscenes yeah. is like a movie. You just take all the cutscenes, you pretty much have a TV show and movie. Yeah. So 
yeah, Solid third watch. episode also great. Yeah. yeah, third episode was also great. Um, focuses more on Bill, played by Nick Offerman, and his partner Frank, and then, uh, but Joel and uh, what's her name are in it just for a few scenes, but not for an extended. They're not the focus of this episode, but it's still a great episode though. So. And then that's it. Uh, lastly, for this week coming out, we have The Amazing Maurice, which is an animated kids movie with a cat. So finally something since I think Strange World was the last kids movie to come out. A couple, about six weeks, six, eight weeks ago. Um, so that will be nice. And then, uh, of course, M. Night's new movie, Knock at the Cabin which uh, from the couple of reviews I've seen it's one person said it's M night's best movie in 20 years, but uh, I don't know about that. Gotta that see one. It for ourselves. <laughs> yep. As always. And they were raving about uh, Dave Batista's performance in this. So yeah, he's so okay. I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely curious. Yeah. They, they've said between him, Dwayne Johnson and John Cena, he's been the best wrestler that went into acting as far as mm-hmm. skills right. yeah because he's yeah. played he's played different characters you know Dwayne mm-hmm. johnson basically the rock <laughs> and i think yeah, yeah, yeah. And i think yeah, john cena still got some he's he's better than he's, Dwayne, then but I, I just i guess this versatility of versatility in roles batista's mm-hmm. done that <laughs> i think cena's better at comedy than he is at action to be honest yeah. I the things where I've seen him do oh, yeah, comedic I roles. I've yeah. I remember the plane yeah, with fire, like, the blockers, yep. I think. Blockers. Yep. Yeah. 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 Although the adult humor I think he's funny with. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Family and then of course guy. Peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Peacemaker too. But yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I yeah. Um I'm a fan. So curious and we'll find out i guess this week and have that to talk about next week for sure yep and with that we will wish everybody an amazing week uh try and get caught up in your movies and uh, good luck making your way through the oscar movies as well And if you are curious whether or not you should watch one or not, or if you think you might like it or not, check out our TikToks. I will have some uploaded here shortly. Until next week, we hope everyone has an amazing, amazing week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.